when we first started doing Spoilers Ahoy, I uh, put a joke tweet out. I was I was doing a goofer on Twitter, and I said, <laughs> and it was do. very. I mean, it wasn't really a goof because <laughs> it was true. I said, I'm a slut for a good nautical accordion, and like <laughs> that was the best it's performing such a tweet. Good tweet. That it's tweet such got a good tweet. so many. And the best part is, I followed like three, uh, several accordion based Twitter accounts liked it, and I just followed them. So every now and then, I will see retweets. <laughs> From people being like, man, the accordion just doesn't get enough love. <laughs> There's just these all this podcast it's so shit. True. And it's like accordions are they're coming back, man. They're coming back. Any day now. <laughs> God, the day Weird Al kicks, it's gonna be intense. It's true. I mean, it's just gonna be intense because Weird Al is amazing. Anyway, we're here to talk about everyone's favorite Weird Al podcast, The Adventure Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh God, I fucking love the Adventure Zone. So, uh, what what are we what are we talking about here today? Well, what's the what's the hook of? We're not just talking about all of Adventure Zone, obviously. No, we're not. We're we're specifically. I mean, we're probably going to talk a little bit about the Adventure Zone proper in its in its entirety, because um, it's really hard not to. Um, but we want to talk about Amnesty today. Um, and specifically, correct me if I'm wrong, but the most recent in-canon episode, which was, I believe, episode 11 of the current? Yes, which fucks with me because 12 feels like that would be where it is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But it was the first, essentially the first, like, lunar interlude type episode, right? We should say for listeners, this is Spoilers Ahoy. Yes. Which means we're going to be talking in depth about the current arc and the current episodes, as of recording, of The Adventure Zone. So if you've not listened to The Adventure Zone, first off, bro, it's, it's 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but second off, um, go listen. If you listen, just power through. Just power through Gerblins. It's not good it's not good but it gets better um and i think that we'll talk a little bit about that eventually to give context to the words that just came out of will's mouth she means the first arc of oh thanks <laughs> yeah because like that makes zero sense to anybody who's never listened to adventure zone you know that's true uh the the first season is called balance it's set in like sword and sorcery like legit fantasy world dungeons and dragons in fact the first arc of it is just a book from D&D that Griffin just kind of added some stuff to. Right. There are, like, what, 12 arcs inside of Balance? There's a lot of arcs. They come They come thick and fast. There's Gerblins, Rockport, Crystal Kingdom, Petals to the Metal, 11th Hour, Suffering Game, Stolen Century. There's seven. Wait, isn't isn't there one in between Gerblins and... Because he didn't call them Lunar Interlude, so there's, like, a... There's like a to the moon arc or some shit like that. Oh, it's called Moonlighting. It's only it's three yeah. episodes. I I would just call it a lunar interlude. So there's like seven proper arcs, which makes sense because of the seven artifacts and what have you. So the 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 basic structure of the show is there's like two and a half years of them playing Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, uh, and it basically started out as Bim Bam plays D and D. And then it actually they started giving a shit and we're like, oh damn, we we made a good thing. So then Such a good thing. This huge thing ends, everyone's crying, and they decide (laughs) they they decide to start uh start fresh with season two by 
demoing three different arcs in three different tabletop role playing like systems. Like they were trying out different games and DM'd by different people. Yeah, uh, Clint McElroy did a superhero one that I haven't listened to. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't listen. I to started it? it and fell asleep while he was explaining the rules, and I, I took that as a sign that maybe this isn't worth Fair. it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fine. It was. It was my least favorite. Oh, my God. Wait, Gavin. <laughs> this is super important. We need to talk about, did you, are, I don't believe you're a Max Fun subscriber, are you? I used to be. I canceled my subscription. Honestly, good for you. I'm going to as soon as I get my last pin. They sent me three of my four pins, but not my wonderful pin. And if you think I'm not going to get my fucking Those fry fuckers. pin. Sorry. <laughs> I was really upset. <laughs> you, anyway. That's, you got you to go for that fry pin, man. It's important. <laughs> so, <laughs> so did you listen to Justin McElroy's single one-off tabletop thing? Quite frankly, um, when I first pledged to Max Fun uh, last year, when it was like, uh, it was when they, I think it was when they did D and D with Lin Manuel, or I found out that they had done, they did a one-off. Yeah, it's it's uh, Adventure Zone Nights. Basically signed up during Max Fun Drive just to listen to that and forgot. Like I, I put on my actual oh, no! I put on my actual credit card that usually has space on it because I try to be somewhat fiscally responsible. So basically Max Fun's just been quietly taking five bucks out. Around the time that Jesse Thorne was a massive cock on Twitter, I decided to finally cancel it and be done with it. I never really took advantage yeah. of it, so I did miss out on Justin's uh, Sherlock. What was it? Oh. Three Sherlocks and a vampire. Yes. <laughs> so we should maybe not even go into it because it'll take up all of the time. Basically, everybody was acting. There was no plot <laughs> except everybody was a Sherlock Holmes, but one of them was a vampire. So he had played that one werewolf game the day before and went, ah, this is what my my joke arc yes. is going to be. But dude, it was so fucking I bet funny. it was. But let's, let's talk about Amnesty. Yes. So Amnesty is the most recent arc, and it's the arc that they wound up sticking with for their second entire campaign. This is the one that succeeded, and people were like, yeah, let's do that one. Except like 20 people on Twitter who are still super bitter about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Amnesty Amnesty uses a system that is powered by the apocalypse and it, it's called uh, Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week has a setup that is, it, I mean, the name is pretty indicative. Yes. It's something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like Supernatural. However, the the kind of spin they've put on it is that Griffin McElroy, who is the current DM, GM, actually it's Keeper, Keeper in Monster of the Week. Um, I hate that title. Maybe it's because I am a keeper in a game, but like it just it's it's so much. It feels like you're trying it's to so put extra. a little too much fantasy ooh la la on it. Right? Yeah. But they've set it in a town that is a little bit inspired by where they grew up in Huntington, West Virginia, um, and the surrounding forests. And so it's got that kind of like southern feel to it. And it's very like small town, a very like insular neighborhood. Um, without it being like, it it doesn't have like a Stepford feel, you know. It's it's a different kind of like southern. It's it is it's it's a modern southern gothic. It has that kind of feel of like a rose for Emily, but modern. And I would say more community focused. Well, it's also that that wonderful mix of it being Appalachian. So then you get 
Yes. Well, for one, you get the visuals, which it, it auto it, it almost kind of inherits that Pacific Northwest like Twin Peaks, Gravity Falls vibe. Yeah. You, you, and it's not like it doesn't earn that, but it does. It, it elevates the game a little bit more than if they were just in like Night Vale, Nevada, or whatever fucking state Night right. Vale is supposed to be well, in. Okay, hold up. <laughs> Listen. I will defend Southwestern Gothic no, until I, I, I fucking I like die. It. Because I live here, Gavin, and it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it is a nightmare. It's a nightmare awful place, and it's not real, okay? So I'll defend it. Listen. It's just so accurate. It just, I listened to Night Vale and I was like, oh, it's just the <laughs> fucking radio. It's just normal. God, Arizona. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So amnesty is somewhat uh, self-fulfilling for the McElroys, or it's yeah. some uh, a setting that is more comfortable for them to slip into as role players because it's somewhat based on Huntington. I mean, right. literally, the Monongahela National Forest is around Huntington. That is not mm-hmm. we're not making stuff up because the the big the hook that we really haven't played with in this our, or in this series this season is. Kepler, West Virginia is inside of the uh, no signal zone that the government has established because there's a radio telescope that you can't be using walkies or cells or anything. So there is this small town that has only landlines, no radio station. Uh, We -hmm. start playing Calvin Ball with there being a TV station in town. (laughs) Yeah, though that plays directly into one of the characters. So I feel that like when it comes Here is a thing I would like to discuss with you that is not entirely about the Adventure Zone, but I think is. When a medium starts becoming more legitimized, there is an emphasis on making it more serious and more hyper-realistic. And I believe that that is the case for actual play and for media that is D&D adjacent. What I love about the Adventure Zone is that, first and foremost... It is a game. You know, like, and maybe this is this is from my perspective of playing Dungeons and Dragons or playing tabletops is we have the people that I play with usually have a really big focus on storytelling, which I think is really important. Um, But I like that this makes sure that it's fun. You know, it's fun for the listener. It's fun for the player. So when it comes to things like Kelvin Ball with um, the one square mile station. (laughs) Right, right. Or, for instance, in the balance arc, people got really pissed off that it was like a fantasy story, but there were elevators. Oh, for fuck's sake, that thing. I, 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 Right? Like, can you all fucking calm down? I enjoyed it from the perspective that Griffin McElroy basically lived off of their fury in inserting more complicated machinery into his fantasy world because it pissed people off and then calling them out on it. Right. Yeah, whenever people rule police dungeons and fucking dragons, <sighs> that's when... Seriously. Like, you know, at the beginning of this arc, Griffin's like, you, the this gate... Okay, so the, the rule is monsters come through a magic portal in the forest that's from another dimension, that goes to another sister dimension to Earth, but that's has a magical world called Sylvain, but the things that come through the gate can only travel in a one-mile one circle around the gate. And I think he didn't really process how little shit you can fit inside of a square inside of a mile 
because now we've got water parks and there's a pizza hut and a fucking tv station and the cryptonomica is somehow in the middle of fucking nowhere and you can get to the river like we're not no one's like oh my god christian that's gotta be at least two miles away there's no one i hope there's no one on twitter to like frothing at the keyboard just like you Gavin, you fucking know there You're is. You're pretending you wrong. You fucking know. I know. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Let's talk about. I feel like we've given a lot of background yeah. for people for, who definitely for a, have. For a spoiler episode, we've been real so general about it. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Um, the most recent in canon episode, uh, their first sort of lunar interlude, and let's start off by saying, how long did it take you? To get a bowl of French onion soup after listening. Still haven't, actually. Oh my, Gavin! I mean, I still want it. I I mean, I don't, because I don't like it, but I still, like, want it. (laughs) So I listened to the episode the day that it came out, and Zach messaged me, my husband messaged me later in the day, and the message started out, hey, for dinner. And I said, yeah, we just need to go get onions. (laughs) And in fact, that very night, I believe that very night, or maybe the the night after, we made French onion soup, and it was fucking delicious. And it's like, I need you to understand, it is well over 100 degrees in Phoenix right now. It is not fucking soup weather. (laughs) It's so fucking hot, but we made that soup, and it was incredible. Um, There is just that, I want to talk about... I want to talk about that monologue. I want to talk about the soup monologue. I also want to talk about Justin McElroy and uh, why is he so good at so, this? So w- in doing that, we I want to touch on something from the episode, the final yes. episode of the arc before this interlude. Uh, mm-hmm. As as we all know, but just for refresher, part of Duck Newton, it's a nickname, part of his character archetype, the 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 one, I think it's called, or the chosen one, is he has the ability that at the beginning of every new storyline, he rolls and he gets a vision. And Justin didn't roll super good and got kind of a vague vision. Uh, and it's a bad one. And it was just like Doc unconscious underwater, which could be done in a thousand different ways. But mm-hmm. Griffin, seeing that, like the way they pull it off is Duck fails a roll and gets thrown across an entire fucking water park. Uh, and instead of just having him hit the water and be unconscious, Griffin goes through the effort of, like, having him hit his fucking head, like, to, because we have to demonstrate that Duck is Buffy a few times, because it's easy to forget that he is, like, this physically powerful character, so it, you need right. more to beat the shit out of him. So if he just hit the water and, like, get, got knocked out, maybe this wouldn't be as weightful, but the fact that he just, like, got, like, brain damage uh, from hitting yeah. that that gantry walkway uh it really reinforces that monologue a bit more because he legit did get this close to dying it's the closest he's been yet right yeah um yeah i just so with the balance arc there were moments at which every main character was my favorite Except, even when, even in those moments where Magnus was my favorite character, and even in those moments where um, Merle was my favorite character, 
Taco was always my real yeah, favorite character. Of course. You know? Like he's he's just so so well developed. And when you first listen to the balance arc, it doesn't seem like we're ever gonna get to that point. One, because it's doofy as fuck, but like initially Justin doesn't Justin takes Dungeons and Dragons seriously the least. And His I think that maybe just comes name is from Taco. Right. But I think it even goes further than that. I think that there is So we're gonna get into something that makes me vaguely uncomfortable actually is analyzing a creator based on their work yeah um, especially when there is kind of this fine line you know, like internet creators we are this is not some great gatsby <laughs> shit like we are not far enough right. away from balance or right yeah. right right but i do i think that some of it comes through and i think that some of i i am of the belief that part of what makes an actual play podcast important is the meta text the um the sort of not just the arc that the player that the characters are going through but also like the arc that the players themselves are going through and how how they come through um i think that the best kind of actual play content is one where not only have the characters changed because of the game but the players have as well and i think that when balance first starts Justin has this air of very purposefully not taking it seriously and not just to make jokes. There's the taco joke and it is funny yeah. and what have you, like his name is dumb. Um, but it also seems like, and this is maybe like the oldest brother mindset or something, but it seems like he just, he doesn't want to take the game seriously. But then he winds up committing to his character so intensely. And that goes from... You know, him making jokes about how he is a fully realized creation um, to, ha to to delivering some of the most emotional moments in balance overall. Um, and we, we've seen now that that, you know, that sort of facade of not taking it seriously has dropped. Duck is already such a fully formed character and i that whole monologue was just incredible like it it felt like he had sat down and written it but i also don't believe that justin would sit down and write anything yeah, no. <laughs> it was one of those moments where like it was a nice reminder that actual play and audio drama have much more intersect than I think a lot of people think about. And I think that the Adventure Zone is kind of written off in that regard. And sometimes I write it off in that regard because it doesn't have sound design. You know, there's like occasionally music. But then there's these moments like that that are just so beautiful. I fucking love the Adventure Zone. Th those moments <laughs> are coming at a steadier pace with amnesty than they were in balance. It feels like in balance near the yeah. end when they're going to comic conventions and they have fan mm -hmm. art being thrown at them every day. It feels like the McElroy started realizing we need, we need to start giving a shit a bit more. <laughs> we have a right. fan base. Do you think, sorry, I didn't know that was about, it was it, like, that's, that's basically like there's a motivating there's a motivation both to make good creative content sure mm -hmm. but there's also the fact that you've got this huge uh upswell of support that are now like waiting to see where these characters are going to go and now instead of trying to make characters that like i mean we've had the discussion about magnus being probably a little he's he's he had some thought put into him from the beginning but like mm-hmm 
Merle and Taco, they kind of had to retroactively make them interesting characters. Merle, Merle, I still kind of like, I I don't necessarily lay the burden of that on Clint. I think he didn't have that much to work with to begin with. Let's not be too dismissive of Merle. He's a fun character. There were some moments. No, dude, there were some moments in the Stolen Century that were Merle moments that were beautiful. Like the, the, are we friends moment? Oh my That's God. That's really good. That was incredible. But that had to happen and inside the, moment... the sphere of a thing that Griffin specifically created to make those moments happen. Like in D&D. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I, do you think, do you, I guess, do you worry that because of that and because they're going in a little bit more seriously, don't get me wrong, they're still the oh, jokes, yeah. but like they're taking it more seriously. Do you worry that the heavy hitting moments won't have as much of an impact? Not really. I, okay. I mean, I, here's the thing, though. Monster of the Week is specifically designed so that characters can die. It sure is. And I, if, For listeners who don't know, I, I run a Monster <laughs> of the Week campaign. Um. So every time Gavin says something that's like a little bit upsetting like that, I just have a devilish <laughs> grin like, ha, ha, I know, twirling my mustache. Well, like with, with balance, <laughs> we knew. It was like Griffin. Right. Like speaking of Calvin Ball, Griffin did a lot of shit to make sure they didn't die. Uh, yeah. In Monster of the Week, like Duck has so much behind him. I feel like Duck can't die, even though, and he is the least likely to die at this point. But, uh. See, that's funny. I would say if any of them are going to die, I would expect it to be done. Narratively, if you were writing it, yeah, he would be the one you would just, like, he would get shot or some shit. Like, he would get Tara from Buffy'd, Mm -hmm, and you would be like, mm -hmm. oh, fuck, that came out of nowhere. But now we have this whole stone magic thing with Aubrey that's just whatever. I'm curious. I I enjoy I I have faith that that's going to become cool. It could be, because the more magic, more cool... Uh, also, more opportunities yeah. to fuck up, like the the whole the yeah. mechanic of the breath thing that was interesting. Like where mm-hmm. Griffin made it hurt mm-hmm. him, uh, but like Ned dealing with the FBI, it would be cool to see Ned go down or deflect. Yeah, that. I don't want that. No though. one wants that. I love Ned. Like <laughs> I don't know what it is. I fucking love Ned. He is great. Also, we just set up this whole thing of the fucking room. Like they, yeah, that's true. That's true. Which, that room's fun. I I ran a, a one a one session long monster of the week campaign that involved a uh, what was it? He was a there was one character who was a community college teacher, and he turned his like Giles does in Buffy. He basically does that, but to like his generic classroom. Mm-hmm, so that's like their mm-hmm. keeper uh, situation. That's what they have now in Adventure Zone, and there's that panic yeah. room that. <laughs> Yeah, my players. So there's that moment where Griffin is like, if you don't take the panic room, I am going to make a situation <laughs> in which you're going to say, fuck, I wish we had gotten that panic room. Um, let me tell you that my players do not have a panic room. Um, and I'm like terribly embarrassed for them. <laughs> and I know they're going to listen to this. And if they do. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should think of a panic room. Um, I do really like. I really like that Griffin is generous with how he levels his players. Leveling in Monster of the Week is really interesting because you learn from your failures, and 
with the leveling, you can take things from other classes, essentially. And I like that he is helping them with it. And I also like that he has a really big emphasis, and he talks to Travis about this, probably because Travis is the one who would do it, um, where he's like, don't min-max. Don't get what makes sense for combat. Get what is cool for your character yeah. because that is that's the that's the best way to build a story, you know. Like I think that Travis might still be focused a little bit more gamifying it, right? Like I think that Travis and Justin are the complete opposite ends of the spectrum, and Griffin kind of sits perfectly in the middle, and so does Clint, really. Um, though Clint is also just like, there. well, he's just like so bad at using <laughs> skills and spells I like, feel like he's leaning into it at this point like that's the thing he I, knows I people agree. want because he's like the dude's a comedian uh yeah and like he he never should have been playing a cleric he never he should have been playing but a rogue. also he should have been playing a barbarian that's the most comedic like, thing to make him although true. i i assume true. they also made him the cleric because they're like you will stand in the back we'll tell you what to do mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. one thing I, one thing about okay. min-maxing is, like, for anyone considering doing actual play podcasts or just playing tabletop role-playing games, I can't stress this enough. Fucking say no to min-maxing players. Like, if you see what they're doing, Seriously. don't worry about friend dynamics. Don't worry about someone getting upset. Because here's... I have a perfect example of this. D&D 3.5 is fucking broken. There are a bunch of nerds out there who will say, um, 3.5 is the most adaptable version of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, bull- Because okay. there's so much so, stuff for mm-hmm. it. But a friend of mine started mm-hmm. doing a 3.5 game because I was like, let's do five. He had never run D&D before and he wanted to run like a years long campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. He says he wants to do five. I say I want to do five. A friend of his goes, well, I have the books for 3.5 and i really enjoy 3.5 so we do 3.5 and here's the deal they wanted to do 3.5 because they knew the druid is fucking broken so the druid is so they so have not like everything in 3.5 is yeah. broken but the druid is so fucking broken everyone else has so these low ass yeah. characters and there's this druid who's summoning literal like unicorns and shit like there was a dragon summoned by like game three so that game was no fun for anybody I was raised on 3.5 and raised, I mean, like, in oh, the yeah. tabletop sense. Well, technically, I was raised well, on some indie, indie games first, but... Well, yeah, so I when I first started playing, I don't think that 4 was out until I was, like, already knee-deep in a campaign. So I was raised on 3.5, and 3.5 is so unnecessarily complicated yeah. it is ridiculous and like i get that i get that some people like that like some people like having really specific well, some specifications, people have fun playing like, eve online like right right like five is five e is is oh. lovely i i gm of a five e i, I oh, have shit. a lot of campaigns i realize i have my 3.5 um, book i was gonna compare them but like there was a moment where i opened my 3.5 book to the same like race as i had in my 5e one and in the 5e one it just goes like here's the race here's what you're basically gonna do gameplay wise in 3.5 it's like in the darkest taverns of whatever city like three five is like three five is exactly why people are afraid to get into tabletops and by people i mean anybody who's not a straight white man like three five is the most gate keepery shit i've ever seen and again i was raised on three five i have 
a lot of affection for 3-5. Like, a lot. It was what I was in for, like, four or five years. Um, But 5E is just so much more accessible in so many different ways. And I will say, ever since starting Monster of the Week, it's become my favorite system. I love it Monster so of the much. Week or 5E. It's really great. Monster it's of so the good. Week. I'm I, cursed with not being able so to good. fucking run a game, but it's amazing. It's really, really, really good. Listeners, if if you are wanting to start a tabletop campaign, please do not feel like you need to play Dungeons and Dragons. There are so many out there. I the first game I ever played was an indie. It was an indie publication at the time. It's actually the same maker of Monster of the Week, strangely enough. It's called The Rest Your Head, and it is um, a horror game that's very, very fun and so easy to learn. There's Monster of the Week. There is um, Dungeon World. There's so many systems out there. You do not have to start with D&D. I love that they are on a different system in the Adventure Zone. Because, it, it, I mean, it was pretty clear, and Griffin talks about this, that they liked D&D and they liked 5e, but Griffin wanted something that's looser and he wanted something that's more narrative based. And I love that because when it comes to actual plays, um, I don't think, I think it's very rare that Dungeons and Dragons as a game makes for good audio. So far, um, I have found a few, a few actual plays that I like that use um, D&D, but, but mostly... It makes for some pretty bad audio. It's so number heavy. There's some things it like uh, this is very true when I was recording stuff for YouTube. There are some things that you do for fun that you want to make feel like you're being productive so it doesn't feel as wasteful. Because I know a lot of people, including myself particularly, has it in their head that like if you're doing if you're playing a video game or some shit like that and there's not like an output, then it's wasted time. Uh, There are certain video games that Mm -hmm. YouTubers never fucking touch. And there's a reason they make for shitty videos. And there are uh, and there are types of role playing games that are very fun to play. And there are types of players to play with who are fun as shit because you'll end up doing in jokes about that one time Bobby got shit faced at his cousin's wedding, but that's mm-hmm. not good audio. Now for some people it's great audio cause it's a way to sim. and this is not an insult, but it's a great way to simulate having friends over and you're just chilling, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> Gavin, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> this bitch did not start listening to podcasts for no reason. This bitch listened to podcasts cause she lonely. Like, <laughs> It's a great way to simulate having friends over. And sometimes those shitty D&D things, they hit that spot. Yeah. Unless it's some weird future mech thing that they use adjectives as an actual commodity in the game mechanics. And I picked the wrong moment to try to get into friends at the table. I was like, ooh, future mech thing. That sounds cool. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I haven't listened. There's too much of it, and it makes me stressed. I know. Don't at me. I know that you can listen at any point. I know that you can just like jump in because there's right. like different arcs and shit. It makes me stressed. Speaking of, don't at me. This, I, I, I mean that. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I think that amnesty is a great jumping. I'm not. In I'm not point. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm not. A, I don't think I'm about to shock anybody or cause any controversy. But like, 
I don't want to say you can skip balance, but if I tell someone about the Adventure Zone, I'm going to tell them, hey, the guys who make My Brother, My Brother, and Me have a podcast where they play tabletop games together, and like they put a lot of effort into it. There's this thing going on right now called Amnesty. It's really fun. And if you like that, mm-hmm. they also have two and a half years of them playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that one's a little rough around the edges. So you might want It's kind of like... um, uh, It starts rough around the edges. And then it becomes one of my favorite things ever It is created. so amazing. I've actually just went back and li- I'm starting Pedals to the Metal. And I forgot how much bullshit there is before we get to the... <laughs> To them murdering people. There's a Remember lot. they were throwing <laughs> bodies off a cliff like fucking mobsters? Like that this is where we yes. got to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean it's like real stupid, but I really love it. But yeah, I just, like to that point, it's like you gotta come to a point in your podcast listening career where you realize you can't just season one, episode one, that shit. Case in point, the Star Trek fan audio drama. Uh, Starship Excelsior, that yes. on their website, and there's an episode zero that they backdated, so you hear that first if you do it like that, where they're just like, don't listen to season one. Go listen to this episode in season four. It's one of... I mean, they've also been around yeah, since, like... Yeah, they've been around for something 2007. Crazy, like 2010? Yeah. 2007, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they have a really beautiful listening guide. They have, amazing. like... Um, sort of like one-off episodes. Um, yeah, if you, if you if you are a fan of of Star Trek, absolutely check it out. Anyway, so yes, Amnesty, fantastic. This lunar episode. Um, what do you like? Do you feel like this is going to influence what Griffin's going to do for the next bad guy? Yes. Well, because I know we've got. Well, absolutely. I know we've got what's his name, fucking who's all, which deep pull on uh, from whoever figured out who he was before Griffin said it. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I mean, that seemed interesting that we set that up, but uh, we've done the water elemental, which we got all sad when it died because we had to. Yeah, because thank thanks Griffin. <laughs> Thanks. I really signed up to feel more. Fe- I should have expected. Well, yeah, because the it's Griffin. Yeah, these are, these are like I mean, it's kind of an immigration thing. Like, they, yeah, they, they don't yeah. have anywhere to go, and they didn't ask for this. Right. Yeah. Do you, Do you think we're gonna spend? We there's not gonna be any Heathcliff this time around, which kind of fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I want some structure. I want that fucking gotcha bond machine thing back. Like, me that too. Was a, me that too. Was a great it's really cleanser. hard. It's really hard to do something like that yeah, in Monster of the Week. Like, it's, it's real hard. And I think he's doing good. But yeah, I agree. I, I think that a little bit more structure would be nice. I think that one of the big things that we're going to see come up again later is when Audrey, when she kind of fucked up her use magic role and the person on the, the ski, they have the hornet. Is it hornets? Yeah. That person yeah, freaked out. When, and he um, said, that's a great hard move for me to bring back later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm really curious to see about, you know, how that's going to go. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, we're going to see her be blackmailed for, like, I will expose yeah. you, you and, know. Uh, um, one thing I, it would be super complicated, and I'm glad they didn't do it, but I wish some of Griffin's characters were just other fucking people so that we could backdoor pilot a new main character. 
Because I feel like Pigeon, How Pigeon could be. I love Pigeon. I love you could Pigeon. get a voice actor for She's Pigeon <laughs> and make her a character at the table, and then you have. Oh God! See, I don't and want then that you have at all. Person who can die. <laughs> no, I don't want it though. I don't want it at all. Or I even better, one of the boys the dies. Purity. They take over one of the existing benched characters. I don't think they would do that. If, I would be very shocked it, it if they would, would do easier that. Than I, just I think being that they would like, want to oh, make a Jim new character. Jim from Iowa just showed up at the bus station. It would be easier, but I, I think that they would all feel weird yeah. about that. Especially since it's Griffin's character, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I am very excited. So because Amnesty is so baby fresh new, we haven't had the characters who are like just kind of one-off side characters who then develop into something more except for oh, Pigeon fuck. who's the guy Abby with the cannon in balance I was gonna say little 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 oh, Angus yeah. everyone's little everyone's favorite character from balance everybody's favorite character Ango um because Ango was like just miscellaneous child on train <laughs> you know like with with book. whose voice was then miscellaneous used child for the with robot <laughs> god that yes. fucking puzzle robot Oh, so good. So good. So I, I love that Pigeon is already kind of solidifying as more of a substantial character, but I'm really excited to see who else develops yeah. in that way. Um, I like the NPCs of Balance are another thing that really made it for me. Like, I love the the fucking Barry Blue Jeans reveal. <laughs> One thing I love so much about because I don't know about you, but I've I've convinced at least seven people to listen to the Adventure Zone, at yeah. least. And every single time, I just await they the day out. that I get. But it's the same thing. It happens the same way every time. I get an alert on my phone that I have a new text from that person. And I know <laughs> in my heart of hearts that the text is going to say, Barry fucking blue jeans! <laughs> Every single time. A character who was named out Nothing of Nothing brings me more joy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so happy. So, like, I, I just, I can't wait to be surprised that way again. Because, like, I have listened to The Adventure Zone. I've listened to Balance many times yeah. over now. And I just, I, for, I always forget just how much griffin's storytelling could take me by surprise and honestly all of their storytelling and i got one of those surprises you know with this fucking french onion soup monologue and i know i'm gonna be getting more and i'm just i'm just really excited i fucking love the adventure zone i fucking it's love so it fun. it's really good and hopefully we don't have many live episode delays this time around though i will say loved this live episode any episode with kravitz oh, is my favorite i am not usually of, not a, yeah <laughs> have you been to the kravitz part of the fan wiki i would no? suggest it if only because the fan art they chose for kravitz um like profile picture is actually an animated gif of normal kravitz skull kravitz and it rocks back and forth between them and it's really badass oh this art yeah, this art's real dope. It's so good. But also, um, this picture of uh, Kravitz kissing Taco, I want to interpret it as that's Taco with his uh, glamour down after... Oh! Yeah. Why you do that to me? That's I love adorable. It. 
It's so good. Okay, yeah, I am I am not a shipper. Like like we've talked about it before. For me, fictional characters exist in their fiction and and that's it. That's where they end. Someone's already made fan art of Taco with a surfboard and board shorts. Well duh, Natch. Like I am I yeah, I, I'm I'm a real I'm a real big Tockets shipper. <laughs> I think it's so cute and so sweet. Um, I can't get enough of it. Does it get a ship name if it's legit? I thought the whole point of a ship name was it's not a real thing yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Canon, canon ships get ship names all the they're time. They're just not as fun. <laughs> yeah, they're just not <laughs> as fun. Yeah, I fucking love it. Like, that whole, like, you don't have to like her for her to feed the cat. <laughs> so good. <laughs> It was so good. The whole that was like I think one of my favorite Adventure Zone live shows. The the concept was fun. Um Loop was there. It's the best damn pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> I also I really love moments where NPCs are just like way too casual or way too stupid. So that moment where Dad oh, was like, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna be real with you. I just fucking forgot. Like <laughs> I forgot you worked for the Raven Queen. That's, Whoops. That's great. And the bit where Dad, where Griffin's trying to get rid of the sword. Yeah. Whoa. I'm gonna <laughs> drop it. Actually, it's my. I own it. So like, if you really, I should yeah. have a say. It's actually, it's actually my my sword. I'm letting so. you have the sword. <laughs> Can we also? I really, God, how fucking long have we been talking? So my problem with the adventure zone is that if you get me to start talking, I won't shut the fuck up forever. Right. Um, But I want to talk to you about the graphic novel, if you have read it. Have have you read it? Because this is going to sound pretentious as shit. I didn't want to pre, I didn't want to pre-order it through Amazon because I don't really dig pre-ordering shit. Uh, But I I didn't think through the, I didn't think through the process of, oh, wait, the two lame-ass comic shops, sorry, comic shops, but you're, eh. the The two comic shops in my town, one of them doesn't really, they're more into pop vinyl bullshit, and the other one, like, right, right. didn't know what the Adventure Zone was when I called up. They act like I was, they act like I was asking for some obscure-ass self-published comic from the 80s or some shit. I'm God. like, bro. Yeah. Come on. It's kind of a big deal. Although my Barnes and Noble didn't have them, so. Yeah, our Barnes and Noble didn't either, but um, some of our local bookstores did, so we went there. We also, okay, so, you know how I'm the most, um, we, (laughs) (laughs) we got it from a local bookstore, but then we also pre-ordered it on Barnes and Noble because it had a poster. Um, so we just have both and we only got it from the local bookstore. Like we had the pre-order from, from Barnes and Noble, but it, we didn't get it the day it came out. So we went to a local bookstore because I didn't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, this is perfect. I'll, I'll have it. And then I'll read it on the flight to Philly for podcast movement. And then I definitely just <laughs> read it that day. I want to talk to you about it when when you're done right. um, reading it because it's, it's really interesting. I love I love what they did with it. It's not perfect, but it's very 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 good. And I think that some of the changes were fantastic. And also when I got to the part where they found the Umbra staff and Loop's body, I saw Loop's corpse and I saw her skeleton, and I just fucking started yeah, crying. Yeah, because you, you know this time. And in the in the graphic novel, they can play with that a little bit more because at the time that was not what was happening. And they do that. 
they bake in a lot more foreshadowing in ways that I think is really good. fantastic. Um, yeah, it's real good. Do, it's do real you good. genuinely think we're gonna see eight graphic novels? I do. Yeah. Uh, the the traction um, from this one probably I I feel like that's got to be more than enough to fund the next one. I just wonder when the the fade off is gonna be. I do too, but at the same time. I would say that most fans, their favorite arc is the Stolen Century. And that's where, yeah, that, yeah, you gotta work your way up to that. Right? You gotta catch and them I all. I would say that most fans are, yeah, most fans are dedicated enough to, st- unless, like, something occurs, you know? Like, unless something comes yeah. up. By which I mean, by which I mean, on the off chance a McElroy <laughs> is shown to be a bad it, person, which, gonna like... Take a, gonna take a minute. Right, but I also, I don't want to dismiss that there is potential for that. Like, like I, I don't know, I go back and forth on this a lot because I think that the McElroys are some of the few cis straight white men on the internet who are internet famous who I still actually very genuinely trust. Like, I... Well, if only because they openly talk about when they fuck up and try to do better. Oh, that doesn't... Oh, wait, I we mean, were gonna... Oh, we're talking yeah, about that next but... time on actual tune in dialed up that's okay yeah 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 yeah. um that that's good i just i I have fear we all do um but i do trust them um i do trust them yeah anyway moral is as long as the mcelroys keep being good sweet boys i think that we're all in it to at least get the graphic novel for the stolen century uh, here's hoping we don't end up with an awkwardly animated thing like CISO did with uh, Harmon Quest. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of, when the fuck am I getting my Bim Bam Season 2? <laughs> What's up, VRV? What's up, VRV? Come There's on! gonna come a day where, like, VRV's it? money runs out and they just post the gif where it's like, you know what, actually, fuck this. And <laughs> they shut down. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the last thing they ever I mean, posted. shit, the amount of times me and my girlfriend have rewatched the Bim Bam TV show in the last week should have funded season two by oh, this yeah. point. Seriously, it's my number one depression watch, and y'all, I need depression watches pretty often. <laughs> We have also been talking for an hour. Remember how when we first <laughs> when we first started <laughs> Spoilers Ahoy and we were like, it'll be like 20 is... minutes. <laughs> no, fuck that. No, you remember the fourth episode or so of Tidu where I was like, sorry, guys, Oops. it's just over an hour. Oh, It'll sorry. never happen Oops. again. It's never going to happen. <laughs> so, Gavin, in summation, the Adventure Zone. Wow. wow. Wow, Amnesty really is so compact. I feel like you they've taken the quality, the, the things I enjoyed about balance and just condensed it down to that and got rid of the bullshit. We're not, we're not mm-hmm. D&D policing as much anymore. Also, that San Francisco live show, them talking about doing early live shows of Taz where they had a fucking person in the audience with the rule book correcting them? Whoa. Oh my god. That's... That makes me more confident in my own creative ventures that they made that boneheaded of a fucking move. Jeez. <laughs> such a fucking bad idea. That's a, such a monumentally bad I get idea. It. They were uh, like, they were nervous. Okay, I will say. So at the Join the Party live show, there was somebody who had the same role. Except um it was played like more of a joke. 
and also join the party is the kind of show where yeah. that would make sense. Like it it was a good bit and it worked really well. But for the adventure zone, like what the fuck were you <laughs> thinking, you dumb dumbs? You absolute fools. How dare you make a mistake, you people making more money than both of us combined? <laughs> <laughs> to which somewhere in West in West Virginia, Justin McElroy just went, <laughs> Fuck Max yeah. Fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If only if only the McElroys had signed with Hadcom. <laughs> Can't can't wait to finally get my wonderful pin in, so I can cancel my Max Fun subscription. <laughs> and then take a screenshot of you saying why you're canceling, and the person responding back going, "Yeah, I get yeah. it." Yeah. In fair. Did you see yeah. that? I forget who it was. Yeah, it was, I don't. I don't remember. Was it maybe Alan? I don't remember, but yeah, it was someone we follow. Yeah. What do we What do we even plug here at the end? If you want to listen to the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you already have. Yeah. Anything. I think we just need to say, well, the Adventure Zone, it lives in our hearts and is very good. The Adventure Zone will go on, as will as will Tavitz. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, or, or Croco. And can we just talk about how beautiful it is that our fantastic idiot gay wizard is dating death? And it's just very good. Just the most <laughs> goth ass relationship. And and the most goth ass he does it better than Deadpool and Thanos just fucking it's so true. And then his his trans sister, the Grim Reaper, dating her boyfriend, the Grim Reaper. And they're all just one big stupid goth family. I love it <laughs> so much. It's so good. It's amazing. See you. Oh, spoiler. No, well, not much of a spoiler. For those of you who are part of the Adventure Zone fandom, I feel like us saying we're going to talk about parasocial relationships and how <laughs> fans sometimes <laughs> overstep their boundaries. I think that's enough to give you an idea that the Adventure Zone's going to come up again next you week. Know it really is. Oi there, tis oi, the credit pirate, bringing you the credits for Spoilers Ahoy, Adventure Zone Edition. Our intrepid introduction sailor was Fancy Anne, whose Twitter can be found in the show notes. Also, our theme music was Parisian by Kevin McLeod from Incomptext.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. For more information, go to http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 3.0 forward slash. Thanks for listening. Now I shall sail the seas aboard the RSS Feed Burner. Mm.